This is a Geek Bro Podcast. What is up, besties? This is episode 62, Girls One Cup of Childlike at Best with Mike Valdez. And guess what, chicken butt? I'm still the second part of that title. I hope you're having a great week so far, and I hope you're enjoying the new season of Childlike at Best. Now, it took me long enough, but... I finally realized that I would like to have you as an element of Childlike at Best. So if you have a question about childhood that you'd like to ask me or my guest, or the both of us, you can of course send it to my DMs at Mike Valdez on Instagram, or you can email it to childlikeatbest at gmail.com. I know that you guys have some crazy questions about fandoms or different things that we watched. Maybe there's a movie that only you remember that you want us to talk about. Maybe there is a crazy story that you want us to tell and you want to ask the perfect question to let that happen. Now is your chance. Just DM me at Mike Valdez or email me at childlikeatbest at gmail.com. One more thing before we get started. March 2nd, that's a Tuesday, I'll be performing stand-up at the Mighty in Miami. This is going to be a really fun show, and there's also a really great cause that's going to be happening that night as well. The wonderful people at the Mighty will be collecting clothes, shoes, and bedding for the homeless in Miami. So if you have anything that you can give, please don't hesitate to bring it. It's going to be a truly great cause, and also you'll be able to hang out with us and laugh. It's going to be a great show. Today's episode is Stefan Satani. Stefan is a comedian and the host of a comedy advice podcast, which is a great podcast for any comedy fan. He's interviewed comedians from Adam Ray, Bobby Kelly, Beth Stelling, Kelsey Cook, Ted Alexandrio, Felipe Esperanza, Ali Mikofsky, Josh Blue, Steve Trevino, Brad Williams, Mark Norman. I mean, how many more comics do I need to list here? The, I at least named one that you know of or that you are a huge fan of. There's absolutely no reason for you not to be subscribed and listening to this show. It's an absolutely great podcast. And I'm so lucky that I got to talk to him about childhood. This was such a fun episode. We got extremely silly. We did a lot of voices. We talked about punk bands growing up. We talked about all that stuff, as well as talking about comedy. If you're a longtime Child Like a Best listener, you know that episodes like these are my favorite types of episodes, which are episodes that are extremely silly, but they also get really vulnerable. If you're into that, oh boy, hold on to your butts. This is one of those episodes. You're going to absolutely love it. So without further ado, please enjoy the very funny Stefan Satani. How have you and your wife been during this time? You know, we've been doing good. We've been doing really good away from each other. No, I'm kidding. We're we are <laughs> we're so close now. It's like we're one person. She's actually right here sitting on this chair telling me. Oh, yeah. Well, no, she's not here. She's actually downstairs. <laughs> My parents, <laughs> she loves me so much. My parents decided to do a surprise visit right now. Oh She's boy! Like, Don't worry. You go do your pod. I'll host them. I'll take care of them. Yeah, she's so. taking a bullet for sure. She really That's is. Awesome. She's gonna poison them so they never come back. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate oh. it. This is really fun. This is um, amazing. Yeah. I've seen a couple of bits of your episodes and some of your stand-up, which is amazing. Uh-huh. By the way, Thanks. you fun. are adorable. Your face needs to be <laughs> Thanks, <man>. on. <laughs> 
every every Disney Nickelodeon. Yeah, that's the hope, man. I want to be the first stand-up special on Disney Plus. That would be really funny. Oh you know? my god, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I would why watch not? it. They'd be like, wait a second. It's a guy that looks like Josh Gad, but isn't Josh Gad? Who's this? <laughs> you have um, musical breaks in between your bits. Yeah. Be- you know, you're the first person that has ever completely understood what I want to do comedically. <laughs> by Just by you saying that, because... I am a musician as well as a comedian, and that's literally what I want to do because people are like, oh, yeah, like Bo Burnham. And I'm like, no, not like Bo Burnham because I don't want to make funny music. I want to make actual music, but I want people to understand when I'm joking that I'm joking. And it's always been kind of tough because it's, I mean, as you know, as a comedian and things like that, it is really tough to get people to really follow you exactly as how you want them to feel and but the main goal like what i would really want to do is like a punk rock stand-up show so it's like stand up and then music and then oh man you're hitting all the right chords on my heartstrings (laughs) i love i was in a punk rock band in high school hell that was my jam i was a huge like blink 182 some 41 i you know i'm into I don't know if I should say this on air, but Machine Gun Kelly is, he's making a, a nice yeah. little way into my heart. It's good what? stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that that's coming back. It's really great. So what was it like growing up in Arizona? It was awful, especially. Yeah. So I grew up, I was born in Phoenix. Uh-huh. And then at 11 years old, my mom and dad decided to take me from Phoenix to a little town called Cottonwood, Arizona, right. where it was a little farm villa. And, and we grew up on a, it was a farm because my grandparents, they immigrated from Italy and they went all the way to Cottonwood, Arizona, and then they made a dairy farm. They didn't oh my make gosh. It. They bought it. But yeah, <laughs> right. And they got so, it. They, they weren't wealthy or anything. They, they scrimped and saved in Jerome, Arizona. It's this mountain that there's a city that shouldn't be there. And the proof is all the buildings that have done that had slid down multiple times. Right. But there were miners at the time. And so my great grandfather, he ended up mining for copper and they saved up money. The, my great grandmother, she washed the miners clothes and they bought right when it was like right after prohibition, I think right during the Great Depression. And so they ended up buying this land. It was a dairy farm at the time. And then one of the cows fell through what they thought was just earth. And then there was <laughs> prohibition era paraphernalia all over the place. And oh yeah, my so. gosh. That's so crazy. It's funny, as you were saying that, you were like, my grandparents were minors. I immediately thought that they were underage. So I was like, your grandparents were minors? That's kind of strange. Like, when were you born? (laughs) My mom was six when she had me. It was kind of weird, but... (laughs) Yeah, Arizona, things work differently. It's kind of like a Benjamin Button scenario going on right there. So yeah, six it, years old, prime birth years right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I had toddlers scolding me as I was growing up. It was just such a weird scenario. It was bad. Yeah, uh, that's so great. What kind of kid would you say that you were growing up? Like, who did you sit with at the lunch table? That kind of thing. Oh, man. I was such a dork when I yeah. was growing up. I me remember I, first through third grade. 
I was pretty cool. I was a pretty good soccer player and I was really dumb too because I would just run into the ball. I didn't care. I'd use my body as a shield. I, I remember several times we would be playing soccer and I didn't want the goalie on the other side. I'd try and kick it. The goalie saved it. They'd try and kick it. And I would just put my body in front of the ball. So when he kicked it, it <laughs> bounced off my body. One time it hit me in the head. I don't know if I got a concussion or not, but I think I passed out for a good two or three minutes. Wow. And yeah, so I was, I was like the rock star at most Holy Trinity Catholic school with my little <laughs> uniform and polo. Oh, yeah. I was so cool. And then changed schools and it was a little harder for me to fit in. So I was I was a little bit of a dork and a nerd. I love nerdy things. And I ended up being friends with two of my best friends, Bradley Schneider, Ryan Seifer. Shout out to them, who I haven't spoken to in years. But one <laughs> of them- They listen every week. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good, good, great. I, yeah. So I shouldn't talk crap about them. No, but, you shouldn't. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyways, um, so- Past them. No, I'm kidding. So Ryan was a great guy. He got me into music and musicals. So yeah. I got really into musicals and maybe not that much into them, but I, I started sure. to appreciate them a little bit more. What kind of musicals though? Because here's the thing, man. There's like the musicals that guys are like, nah, man, musicals are dumb. But then there's those musicals that a lot of guys don't know about that are pretty hard and, and the soundtracks slap. You know what oh. I mean? Yes, I have been slapped many times by a good musical, and I yeah. think the one of them <laughs> that does great. one of them does not slap me is Cats. I'm a yeah, I'm afraid that's awful. to say <laughs> I it's abhorrent to me. I yeah don't think I've ever used that word in my life. I don't even know if I pronounced it right, but Cats. Did. <laughs> I went to go. The, thank you. <laughs> I went to go see it when I was living in Jersey and, and working in New York. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. My my aunt <laughs> wanted to take us, and she's a big cat girl. She loves yeah. cats. She has seven of her own. Okay. I don't know if they sing or not, but yeah. she wanted to see a bunch of human cats, anthropomorphic cats singing. <sighs> and I'm sorry. I, I was just not a fan. It was so weird. Yeah. So strange. They'd have these... The, the people dressed up as cats. And then at the very start, they would run up and down the aisles and then they just move their body in these weird, not cat, not human, like probably demons from another dimension of my worst <laughs> right. nightmares. And they'd go and I, rem I remember they were super close to us and they went and they hissed. Yeah. And I remember I heard my aunt audibly gasp. Wow. Pleasure. And I thought in pleasure. <laughs> I, I thought never. No, I do not want. This is yet another thing that is in the con column for cats. But to answer your question, Mama Mia, I liked yeah. Mama Mia, and I I never thought I would like that. He also got me into boy bands, so sure. I was a fan of Backstreet Boys. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> It's so funny, man, because I relate to this so much because I even started writing a bit on stage uh -huh. about this where it's like my vibe is like if you are just getting to know me and you just talk to me for for like maybe five or ten minutes, your immediate thought is he's either a Christian or he's gay. And... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> because I'm the same way as you, dude. Like, I am completely cool nerding out about the Backstreet Boys. Yes. I love women. I hate that I love them, but I love them. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like <laughs> that is hilarious because so, yeah, you're I in good company. This, I used to get the same thing too. I remember, yes. I think my, my first ex. She or my first real girlfriend, she was uh, like, Yeah, I totally I thought you were gay at first. What? I was like, nuts, was man. it me singing the whole Mamma Mia soundtrack? Or what what <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I uh, but then also I remember when I was in the band at high school, yeah, and we were called the strategy, which is the coolest name ever. Yeah, that is pretty but cool. cringe. But um <laughs> we did pop punk-ish. I guess it was more like Green Day slash Blink 182 type vocals. So it wasn't sure. raspy, it wasn't hard, and it was punchy. Did poppy. it have his own accent? And yeah, yeah, I actually did Australian. I was like, hey everyone, it's fine I got okay, minors for grandparents. No. Because that is you know, as you're saying that, I this whole time I've been wondering what accent does Tom DeLong have? It has to be Aussie, right? Because he's like, tidal waves, that, you know, like. Yep, right does, through me. Yeah. It's so funny how that band is so polar opposite, man. I was just talking about it with someone else on a podcast, you know, and then when they broke up and they started their separate bands, it was like, it, it was like Tupac and Biggie for emo kids. Dude, <laughs> oh my God. I like, remember. Are you a boxcar racer kid? Are you a Angels and Airwaves guy or plus 44? Like, what are you oh, into? It was bonkers, man. I, I remember. Know. And I, I don't know why, but I felt loyal. I liked them all. I loved them all actually. But when it was time to pick sides, I was more of a, when they became plus 44, Mark Hoppus mm -hmm. and Travis Barker, and then Tom did Angels and Airwaves, I, le yeah. I leaned more towards Angels and Airwaves. And then I saw him in concert. And it was so weird because that it was supposed to be so ethereal and celestial right. type music. But then in between, he'd be like, so anyone get a blowjob today? And then he just... <laughs> it's so weird, man. Yeah. And like, and not only that, before the first album came out, I don't know if you remember this, but it was like all over MTV uh, and people were wondering what this is going to sound like. And he ended up saying, I don't know if it, people, he's later said he was joking or whatever, but he seemed pretty serious when he said it. He was like, oh, this thing is going to be bigger than Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. so people were like okay this is gonna be pretty crazy i mean plus 44 is great but it is very copy paste blink 182 without tom and yeah. then tom is doing something completely different yeah you know yeah. however many other bands did the same thing better later <laughs> but that's besides the point i agree i did you hear his when when he got out of angels and airwaves and then he formed me love you de long time <laughs> no is that real that's not real that's not real but <laughs> i was gonna say there's no way that's real <laughs> i would have heard about it because that sounds amazing <laughs> Even yeah. if it was just Japanese covers of like video game songs, <laughs> I still would have listened to it. <laughs> Dude, 
If I ever do a Blink-182 cover band, I will have yes. it called Me Love You to Long Time. <sighs> that is great. <laughs> That's so great. Oh, my gosh. So you're like a dorky kid and you start your band. What age did you start your band? So dorky kid, I, I was still and I was in Catholic school up until sixth grade in uh-huh. Phoenix, Arizona. Then we moved to Cottonwood, Arizona in seventh grade. And I felt like a complete loner, seventh grade, eighth grade. I made some friends, but nothing really was that great. I was still a dork. And so high school, I had the chance to turn things around. I joined the swim team, which is not a great move looking back for popularity, (laughs) but... It's okay. I loved swimming. My yeah. and I became a lifeguard, and that was really fun. Then sophomore year, I believe I started playing guitar freshman year, okay. and I started to just hone in on my skills. I, my first song ever that I learned was besides dueling banjos, which is a strange first song, but right. I guess it's on brand with Cottonwood, Arizona. Was Good Riddance by Green Day, and so nice. I just fell in love with guitar, and I kept playing, yeah. kept playing. But I wanted to form a band. I was ready for it. You were like, well, I'm definitely playing graduation because I know how to play good riddance, but (laughs) I need to start a band. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I need my Travis Barker and I I need my Mark Hoppus. And so it ended up, I was in physics and I ended, not because I'm smart. That was not a brag. I almost failed that class. I was horrible. But I remember sitting next to this guy and we became pretty good friends. And I remember he was from a different town. And so he didn't know that many people. And I was like, you know what? I know how it feels to be that guy. So let come here. Let me grab you with my wings and take you right. under me and, and just show you as I flap my friends <laughs> and introduce you to these people. Because he was a cool guy. And then one day I remember he was, he just, I can't remember who it was. It was me or him. Just we were talking to ourselves and we're like, man, I wish I was in a band. And then he was, uh, I was like, wait, do you play an instrument? And he was like, yeah, I play drums. And I was like, I play guitar. And the magic just formed. Yeah. And it was very loud magic because our physics teacher had to kick us out of the class. But right. after that, we continued our magic in my, oh my God, attic. Cottonwood, Arizona is not much cooler than Phoenix, Arizona. So it was like a hundred degrees and we were in a well-insulated attic. So it was sweat, blood, tears, all into that. And we ended up getting other friends that took on guitar and bass. And we formed the strategy and we started making some pop punk songs. People thought, because we would do showcases in Phoenix, Arizona and Phoenix, there's so many metal bands, so many metal bands. So we would do these showcases at these theater venues. And so it'd be like metal band, metal band, metal band, metal band, metal band, the strategy, metal band, metal band, metal band, reggae band. And we ended up, wait a minute. You have to stay hydrated in Phoenix, Arizona. My <laughs> wife came in to give me a water bottle. and <laughs> There it is. <laughs> I was, I was telling her. I hey, mean, man, I'm from South Florida. I know all about hydration and how. Oh, you understand? Is. Okay, good, yeah. good. I, it's water bottles, as you can see from the screen, are getting huge. Yeah. It's getting out of control here in Arizona. I understand we have to hydrate, but now it's like you have to pay extra for another ticket on an airline to be able to get your water bottle because <laughs> sure, it's so yeah. big. That's like a half gallon or a gallon that you're holding. This is a. 74, 75 ounce. 
Okay, so, so that's a gallons. half that, gallon. Yeah, half that's a half gallon. Because a, a full gallon's one twenty four. Yeah. Oh wow. I know. I know too much about hydration. <laughs> oh man. Hey, you know what? As an Arizonan, I appreciate yeah. that. You would be yeah. considered an elder here. You would be treated <laughs> with respect yeah. here if you know oh, about yeah. hydration. That's funny. But yeah, I I love talking to people that had bands growing up because it's just it's the most fun of your whole life. But as you look back, you're just like, man, we sucked, man. We were so bad. And it's just hilarious to look back at it. The shows that you play are are hilarious. I mean, I was in a few bands uh, in high school. Uh-huh. What'd you um, play? And you sing, right? Yeah. So now I'm a singer and I play a little bit of everything, but on stage I play keys and I, and I sing. But at that time, I was in like seventh grade when I started my first band and they needed a bass player and the guitar player was like, bass is easy. So I'm just going to teach you how to play bass. And here you go. What was the band called, by the way? Oh, the band was a uh, a Christian pop band, kind of like pop, like and it was and it was called Testimony. And the T was a cross because, of course, it was. And (laughs) nailed it. (laughs) Yeah, nailed it. And then that was also the time of bands had their main project and then they had their side project. So I, in my mind, was like, I'm going to have a side project, you know, and my side project was a pop punk band called Mel's Diner. And I was in eighth grade. I mean, I wrote I wrote a song about detention. I mean, it's it's like awful. It's so bad. And yeah, I don't even think we played actual shows, which thank God, man. I mean, I imagining having to have people listen to that, like it would have just been so awful. Yeah, we ended up, we did shows and Mm. we were going to open for the Cottonmouth Kings at one point. Really? But then we (laughs) broke up. We broke up because we we all were going to college and... Everyone started getting girlfriends, and yeah. so we just got torn apart. And uh, not torn, sorry, that was a violent verb for it. We we got dr- we drifted apart. Yeah, that's what happened. But yeah, it was cool, man. We ended up we and and, and by the way, yes, I think we did kind of suck. So yeah. I am thinking back about it too because we had for our school there were there were also rival bands it was a tiny yeah. town of cottonwood we had the strategy and then we had another band that was a little more emo kind of like taking back sunday called okay. late late october and then there okay. was another band called late denarius <laughs> yeah I- as opposed to the early november <laughs> exactly and so yeah. we we were all rival bands but but we the strategy we got to play for this was back when there was maybe it's still around mad mothers against drunk driving. And we put oh, on yeah, this event. Mad. Yeah. Absolutely. The whole school showed up and mm-hmm. we played in the auditoriums for about three, no 2000 people. Nice. So it was, it was really cool. And then we did was some, it an original song. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. That's we, no, we did a concert. So we did all our original songs. The only cover. That's awesome. Because I was I was against covers for some reason. I wanted it to be all original, all one hundred percent Stefan. Yeah. So the only cover I ever did was a Rise Against song called "Swing Life Away." But nice. Other yeah, than that, yeah, I know that song. 
what were so we we talked about how you were in bands and stuff but what were your fandoms growing up what were the tv shows that you liked movies and everything and of course we can talk about music as well so tv and movies i loved comedy i loved funny movies yeah the thing was i grew up in a very catholic household so if my parents and my parents are here right now so i'm being quiet (laughs) but they weren't too fond of f words or profanity or vulgarity and so i wasn't able to watch too much with them knowing so i was a sneaky little stefan and i would go (laughs) off with my friends and we'd watch stuff and I, I, I never, this is the one that I never really got to watch, but I liked was The Simpsons. But I ended up. Dude, I'm was, talking to myself in a different dimension. I'm telling you. I've, I, I mean, at, listeners of the podcast know this. I grew up in a conservative Christian home, but it's literally yeah. the same exact thing. And I, I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons. And I actually found out later on that Donald Glover did the same thing that I did when I was a kid. And I had the, the talk boy from Home Alone. And I would turn the TV on really low and I would record the Simpsons and listen to it at night. So my, so I could like watch the Simpsons. Oh, you're so smart. See, I was dumb and just didn't watch it, but I like (laughs) your ingenuity. I like that. But I, I ended up watching cause it was, I was older around the time that it started coming out, but family guy. I was really big into that. So, and one of the cool things too, was I had, two brothers have two brothers they're still alive mm-hmm. and well and so we would always like to joke around with each other and then we do little impressions so we mm-hmm. were able to get a bunch of the different voices from family guide uh, my brother's name's chris so i'd be like hi chris how you doing <laughs> i love it yeah <laughs> that's yeah. so that's the voice that i can't crack in family guy like P- peter is really easy and fun like nice. um, one of my favorite jokes that he always did was like, yeah, it's like that first time I ever fatted. And then it goes to a flashback and he goes, what the hell was that? <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's so stupid, but it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> I, I remember that. I remember yeah. that. That was really funny. You know what? It's, it wasn't from Family Guy, but mm. I got inspired from The Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, to do, love that movie. to do what is it? Peter Warburton, the guy that's like, yeah, Patrick hey, Peter. Warburton. Yeah. Oh, Patrick, oh my gosh, so good. Yeah. Hey, Patty, yeah. what are you doing there, Peter? Ah! That's so, so good, dude. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Thank you. That's Thank so you. good. <laughs> wow, I love that. Uh, Voices are are so fun for me, and like. I don't know if this was the same for you, but like what made me start wanting to do voices wasn't even cartoons. It was full house. It was watching uncle Joey do like bullwinkle or whatever. And I just thought that that was funny. Oh my God. I loved that show growing up because it was, it was clean. And so I could watch it. Of course. I remember my favorite, the one that I gravitated towards uncle wise was uncle Jesse. Sure. Uncle Jesse was dope. Yeah, yeah. I he, wanted to he be. He was the like cool him. uncle. He was actually the only real uncle as well. Uncle Joey wasn't actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you think about it, it might yeah. be it kind of strange that uh, just some guy that's not a blood relative that's just cracking yeah. jokes and has a beaver. Yeah, and has is... a beaver puppet. It's like, is it not a reward? You know, like. <laughs> 
By the way, your bit, if you haven't shared it with your audience, yeah, you put a link in the show notes to your full house theory bit. Yeah. My full house bit. But yeah, so like you obviously loved comedy. So like what were movies that you would sneak past your parents? Because I remember for me, Jim Carrey was a no-no. Yeah, Jim Carrey was a no-no. You know what? I didn't get to appreciate Mr. Carrey until later in life because I was actually a little bit put off by Mm. how outrageous he was. Okay. And so we ended up, I think, with some friends. I went over to a friend's house and we started watching Ace Ventura Pet Detective. And he's just bends over, spreads his butt cheeks and starts Mm. talking with them. And I was like, guys, I know I'm 12, but (laughs) I think I'm above this. And... (laughs) I, so I don't know. I, I don't know <laughs> I how it. I got so mature all of a sudden, but yeah, I ended up. I I love Jim Carrey, and I think he's such a funny guy. But I wasn't yeah. put on to him at a young age. At a young age, I ended up liking. I think Scary Movie was one of the first kind of adult okay. comedy. Scary Movie sure. Two, actually. Oh my gosh, with the Wayne's Brothers and mm-hmm. Anna Ferris. And oh my gosh, what's his name from Arrested Development? Tobias David Cross. David Cross, yeah, he's great was, in that movie. Yeah, it's that. That's probably the better of the scary movie franchise. Yeah, um, the one with Charlie Sheen and Rex Simon. Simon Rex. Uh huh. God, what's his yeah, name? Yeah, Simon that, Rex. Yeah, that one wasn't too bad. I thought. Okay. I liked some of it. Some of it kind of dragged on to me, but I liked the whole him being Eminem. Being the white yeah, that was that was kind of funny. With that movie, I feel like they were doing a lot of what Malibu's Most Wanted did. And oh. I liked Malibu's Most Wanted a lot. Yeah. Um yeah, that's fair. Yeah, as that's fair. Yeah, and, and it's like again, these are all movies that like most people would be like, you know, come on. But like when you're when you're living in like a house where everything is like supposed to be a lot cleaner, yes. Malibu's most wanted is like as close to the line as you can get, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so so you're like, this movie's great. You oh know? yeah. <clears throat> I do um, remember why one of the f- movies that I think I quoted the most with my friends and brothers and everything mm-hmm. was Anchorman. I remember oh, going to gosh, see that. Yeah in the theater and was like that was a legit good movie and it was really funny very quotable uh so that one i do remember was and and then it also i don't think i was gonna watch the office because i watched maybe an episode or parts of an episode and i saw steve corral from anchorman and i was like oh it's that guy he's hilarious and then started getting into that but anchorman was very formative do you think that movie was maybe the first movie you ever saw where you were like, this movie's going to be big? Yes. Like the moment you saw it? Yes. Because I remember that when I saw Anchorman. I was like, this movie's going to be huge. People yeah. are going to quote this movie forever. That's what I thought too. And I thought, I don't, because I, I also wasn't that connected with or didn't know that many people. So I knew Will Ferrell. Yeah, but I didn't know Steve Carell. I didn't know the other. Oh my God, what are the other two? Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd and I forgot his the bald guy's name. Champ. Whammy. You're, a- I know anyway, exactly you're they. I was like, their careers are gonna go way up from here. Oh yeah, and they just, did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like so, one yeah. of them is a superhero now. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and that's Steve very Carell true. Is like everywhere. Oh god, like, it was so so good. I don't know, like not not to like take us into a weird tangent, but like, how do you feel about Steve Carell lately? Especially because The Office got a second stride, so everybody knows how funny he is now. And lately, his stuff has kind of been like more dramatic. So, like, what are your feelings on Steve Carell lately? Mm, that's a good question. I can't really give you a good answer though, because I haven't watched a lot of his stuff to be honest i i told my friend i texted him just out of the blue it was after i saw space force which like on paper the show is supposed is great because it's like the creators of the office steve carell all these great actors are in it and it just wasn't funny it wasn't good oh um, no yeah and so i texted my my best friend and i said it's official. Steve Carell has become more attractive than he is funny <laughs> because he's like, he's like kind of a attra- like super like attractive now for some reason. Like, yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, but like, he's like turned hot kind of, you know, I have like, seen all those memes or on Instagram. Yeah. They'll, they'll be like, this is Steve Carell now. And I'm like, right. dude, the guy looks great. He does. Yeah. All power to him. But like, but to me, I was like, yeah, he's officially more attractive than he is funny. (laughs) So I have a question from my previous guest that wanted to know something about you, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely not. No, please go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. Would you like to know who my previous guest was? Yes. Well, if you would like to know, you can just go right back to the archives of Childlike at Best (laughs) and you can listen to the episode and then come right back here. (laughs) That is genius. See, that's the type of person that would record The Simpsons and then hear it back later. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So she wants to know what was the thing you were always getting in trouble for? Tell us about some child antics. Oh man. Um, I was kind of a goody two shoes. No, you know what? In (laughs) high school, I was getting in trouble for missing curfew and not answering my phone. And my parents, my 16th birthday bought me a Motorola tracking device, AKA a phone (laughs) where they could call me and see where I was at at any time. So I was like, screw this. Cause I they disguised it well. They were like, yeah, you know, you can go out and have fun and call us. And, but then they would call me and be like, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? So one day I was with a cute girl and it was getting a little late, but I was about to close with a nice high school smooch. And so I was trying to mentally and physically pucker up. It was happening, but mom and dad just wouldn't stop calling. So I I was just like, "Mm, ignore, ignore. I think they called me 23 times. Ended up getting out of the zone, did not smooch, went home empty, empty lipsticked. And I ended up going home and then we had a talk and they ended up giving me a little more freedom. (laughs) But that was what I got in trouble for. Yeah. Man, what a bummer. See, this is where you and I differ. If that happened to me, I would have thrown my phone into the river. (laughs) And that's what I would have gotten in trouble for. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, See, I I would have done that. But that was the only way that I could text with these. I don't know why, dude, but I was like a text Nova. I was really good at texting with girls. Yeah. 
And this was I, before the sidekick too. Dude, and this like, was before, yeah, I think my phone had Snake on it. So that's okay. how old it was. Holy and cow. That's a Zach I, Morris phone. Yeah. 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 And I was, I was texting girls and then I ended up getting in trouble because I had like 2,000 texts oh in a month. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Went a little over the 500. So. <laughs> yeah. Went a little over the 500. Yeah. And didn't, you didn't have free nights and weekends? <laughs> No, I, uh, maybe not. But those were the boring nights when I wasn't texting anyway. So yeah, th- that's how yeah, they get you. you. And that's then my funny. parents, they would look at the text message and be like, you just said, hey, what's up, girl, to 16 different girls. What is wrong with you? <laughs> and I was like, it's a numbers game, Ma. Do I have to explain this to you? You're a math teacher. <laughs> uh, probability of one of them responding to me. So I love it. <laughs> I wish I the here's you and I differ in so many different ways because I was ne- I would never be as confident as you were. But if I were in those situations, I would go about them differently. Like I would never be in the situation where I was with a girl and my parents were calling me 23 times. But if I was, I would have thrown it into the river. You know? <laughs> Well, you see, in Arizona, there aren't any rivers, so I had no choice but to keep it. Built on one? I don't know. I would have, <laughs> would have done something. I just I taken know. my thirteen-gallon water bottle and created a river from it. Exactly. That's- there you go. I would have created something to make sure they don't call again. What yeah. question about childhood do you have for my next guest? Oh, how long did you wear diapers? Okay, I have a feeling there's a reason why you're asking this question, bro. Like, you want to see down is here? It no, normal I'm that it's it was 12 when I started changing my diapers. I ended up. I had to. Oh God. Well, maybe this will be for another episode. But <laughs> I wore diaper. I was a bedwetter. So okay. Yeah. Same here. Oh, nice. I give you a high yeah. five. I wet the bed all the time, dude. Yeah, my my bed never knew what was coming to it, sadly. Oh, me, yes. I doused my poor bed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So to go into our next bit, what were your favorite snacks growing up? Ooh, favorite snacks. Again, parents were very restrictive. So Mm -hmm. we had the most sugared cereal we had up until about 13 years old was honey nut Cheerios. We upgraded from regular Cheerios. And then we ended up getting cinnamon toast crunch. Yum. Oh my God. So good. Dude. Oh my God. I love cinnamon toast crunch so much. It's the best. I don't even want to talk about it because I remember seeing those commercials. (laughs) Remember where there were those kids and they'd be like, this is the world's best detective. What do you see in cinnamon toast crunch? (laughs) And then he'd be like, um, crime lines and they're like no silly cinnamon sugar swirls in every bite yeah. and i'm like you idiot detective yes. what's wrong with you you have a phd and you can't see what's good about cinnamon toast crunch it's so good and it's so yeah. obvious i talk about this on the podcast every now and again but those commercials are so funny to look back at because kids television is predicated on adults looking stupid and so you go back on all those commercials and it's even like, you know, these kids, like an, the Apple Jacks commercial, these kids are just on the stoop eating Apple Jacks and the dad's just on a ladder drilling something, being a dad. And he's like, why do you even eat that? It doesn't taste like apples. And <laughs> and they're like, shut up, dad. We eat what we like. 
and then and then the dad falls off the ladder because that's what happens and you know <laughs> <laughs> has to go to the hospital, breaks a leg, he's in therapy for six months, and they're like, well, yeah, dad, dude, if you just the, got it. The 90s kids stuff with the 90s were always like, shut up, mom, and like they would run into their room and slam the door, and there's just posters of all these bands you've never heard of, and like... Oh, my God, <laughs> yep, yep, pretty much. <laughs> and then so many people got hit in the dick for some yes, reason. all the time, dude. America's Funniest Home Videos, it's like 90% were just yeah. dick smashes. And then there'd be yeah. some little funny music, like, ba-doink! And yeah. then Bob Saget would have some sort of pun, and be like, yeah. oh, man, that tree had an extra acorns, huh? Yeah. That's boink. Oh, God, dude. That's funny. And not only that, it kind of blows my mind that America's Funniest Home Video is still a show. Because, like, YouTube. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I can find anything I want now. I don't have to find out if someone in Nebraska got kicked in the nuts. I can just find out myself. Yeah. You just, you can Google kicked in the nuts compilation. And there are like 7,000 videos uh, ranging hours of people just getting decked in their private. There's there's videos of you graduating high school on YouTube. There is a video for everything. It's ridiculous. Um, There are probably doctored videos of me going to get my diploma and getting kicked in the nuts. I saw that video. Yeah, you're the headmaster at your school was kind of a jerk. It was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I know that's fake? Because we didn't have words like headmaster in Cottonwood, Arizona. <laughs> it's like high school boss man or something. Yeah. Headmaster. Boss man. <laughs> boss man Jim. <laughs> Professor Jim. And it's spelled G-Y-M. Professor Jim. He's the gym teacher. Yeah, but anyway, since we're talking about snacks and all that stuff, I feel like the number one snack that just encompasses childhood is cereal. And so we were talking about Cinnamon Toast Crunch, all that kind of stuff. I usually like to review a box of cereal with my guest on every single episode. And usually on every episode, I like to choose a box of cereal that has something to do with my guest in some way, shape or form. So. I spoke with my sponsors over at General Mills. Now, by sponsor, I mean that I like them and I buy all of their products. And by spoke to, I mean that I tweeted them repeatedly and they never got back to me. (laughs) So the cereal that I got for you is Pokemon cereal. Oh, dude, sweet. Pokemon, (laughs) gotta catch them all. So I got it for you because, I mean, let's face it, man. Ash Ketchum grew up on a farm just like you did. He just had a cooler farm, you know, with with, instead of instead of cows, he had Pikachu's and Riachu's and all those other animals that I can't think of right now. Charizards, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) there you go. When I knew all 150, but but yeah, so it basically looks like tricks. Essentially, it has purple, red and yellow little multigrain balls, I guess. And then it has Pikachu droppings. It does look like Pikachu droppings, actually. That's actually a very good assessment. The flavor is called Berry Bolt. I have no idea why they decided that Berry 
was a Pokemon flavor. I don't know what berry bolt means. It's an electrifying berry flavor. I don't know. Oh, um, shockingly delicious. Perhaps. It's shockingly. De- it's shockingly not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did have some of this cereal and it actually is shockingly not that bad um, Ooh, compared okay. comparatively to some of the cereals that some cereal companies have attached characters to. <laughs> I don't want to say certain names it also has marshmallows which is always a plus to oh. a great cereal it thumbs is marbits up. thumbs up yeah the so they have they have pikachu and charmander it looks like marshmallows but anyway this is what the cereal is and since we're zoom conferencing it's kind of difficult for us to review this cereal so i figured we would use our imagination and we would do kind of a commercial for this cereal for our listeners to buy this cereal. Of course. And of course, it would be way more fun for us to do this commercial as Pokemon Masters. Oh. So I would like for you to sell me Pokemon cereal as Stefan the Pokemon Master. Oh, man. All right. <clears throat> Let's see. Can I do my Ash Ketchum voice? Pikachu, what are you doing? You need to eat your cereal if you're going to fight the Charizard. Pikachu. (laughs) Pikachu, I choose you for shocking Berry Blast, Berry Bolt, whatever it's called. (laughs) Pikachu. Take a bite. Now, Mike, I choose you to take a bite because I want to understand what the sound is like as somebody. Can you just take a... Like, well, there's no cereal in here anymore. I've actually. No, uh, wait, it's, a, actually, it's a prop. Yeah, it's been it's been raptured. It's <laughs> so, been consumed. Oh, the poke box is empty, Mike. Yeah, there might be some left in here. Let me see. Some crumbs. Okay. Pikachu. My Pikachu is saying, Mike, what the hell? Why did you not <laughs> save some for me? <laughs> there's nothing left in here. <laughs> yeah. My Charizard burned it down. Well, you know what? I want to be the very best, like no one ever was. You want to be the very best? That cereal is my real test. Yeah. With milk, it is my cause. I will eat it for every square meal, (laughs) searching far and wide for the amount of whole grains and nutrients. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> These vitamins will. are in my soul Every single bite Pokemon cereal Crunch. is good <laughs> Some people won't call it foods Pokemon cereal is so good <laughs> For the oh, man. kids that understand This is more than expected. We gave our audience a song. I mean, this is amazing. You went above and beyond the line of duty, Stefan. Well, as a Pokemon master, that's what I do because I've been defeated on many levels. So if I'm going to review a cereal, I'm going to review a cereal. Exactly. I love it, man. This episode of Child Like It Best with Mike Valdez is brought to you by The Crunch Cup. Save time in the morning by taking your cereal on the go. Simply add cereal to the inner cup, milk into the outer cup, screw on the lid, and you're ready to crunch. Eat cereal in the car, at your desk, or anywhere else you want. Go to thecrunchcup.com to purchase what I think is a genius invention and use the discount code MikeValdez10. That's Mike, M-I-K-E, Valdez, V-A-L-D-E-S, the number 10 
to save 10% off of your order. You can also sign up for their monthly giveaway to win a year's supply of cereal. So what are you waiting for? Go to thecrunchcup.com and use promo code MikeValdez10 to save 10% off of your order. The Crunch Cup, it's better than spooning. This episode of Child Like It Best with Mike Valdez is also brought to you by Real Good Foods. If you're a longtime Child Like It Best listener, you know about Real Good Foods. They have incredibly tasty, low-carb, keto-friendly meals like cauliflower crust pizza, stuffed chicken, breakfast sandwiches, and ice cream. But now Real Good Foods has a brand new product, low-carb, high-protein entree bowls. And look, I'm talking chicken lasagna, lemon chicken, Mongolian beef, Creamy carbonara, cauliflower mash, and braised beef. I mean, guys, this is absolutely incredible. And during this time of lockdown, it is really nice to just have something that you can throw in the microwave and know that you're actually getting good ingredients and it's actually tasty as well. So check out realgoodfoods.com and use the promo code BESTIE to save 15% off of your order. That's realgoodfoods.com. Use promo code BESTIE to save 15% off of your order at checkout. Real Good Foods. Keep it real. I want to talk about comedy with you. When did you start stand up and what was your inspiration to start? Oh, great questions, Mike. So, <laughs> so, so the, the comedy chronicles of Stefan. Yes. I, I ended up doing stand up. I was living in New Jersey and working in New York City. And I was, it was a little bit of a commute, about 30 minute train ride. And so to pass the time, I would talk to strangers and realizing very quickly that the strangers didn't want to talk to me, I stopped talking <laughs> to strangers. So right. I ended up listening to podcasts just like they were trying to do as I was talking to them. And so I ended up listening to podcasts. And at that time, I was also a, I was working for Barnes & Noble Corporate. And so I was okay. working in their office by Central Park. And I wanted to be able to do something else that was like a hobby that was interesting to me. So I took a personality test with 16 personalities. I don't even remember what my personality was, but <laughs> I did careers and hobbies. And then I found actor and I was like, no, actor, I don't think I could really commit to that. And then I saw voice actor and I was like, ooh, I'm interested. So I ended up going to voice acting school, getting myself a little microphone. And I ended up doing a podcast with my two brothers called a comedy advice podcast. Yeah. And we ended up, it was like giving advice, but silly. And I liked it and I liked comedy and I liked laughing, keeping in touch with my brothers, brothers, not so much because they ended up giving up and not doing it anymore. So it was just lonely old Steph in his podcast. And I ended up trying to get into trying to grow my podcast through getting guests. And so I started inviting local comedians. And then I started through that getting into stand-up because I thought, ooh, this seems fun. And so strengthening my muscles from the podcast and then also working on my my glute, comedy glutes with my right. stand-up, I ended up getting more of a full-figured comedy body where it wasn't just the glamour muscles of podcasting. It was also the, the really tough muscles to get, like my comedy quads and comedy calves. Yeah, the comedy uh, V that everybody wants, you know? Exactly. Yes, yeah. exactly. You yeah. want that comedy, the comedy V. Comedy gutters. <laughs> the, 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I wanted to be a chuckle builder. So That's I ended great. up doing stand up. And then I, I kind of, I broke up with stand up. Yeah. I broke up with it. I, I, I was wondering about that. Why, why did you break up with stand up? It turns out I'm not funny, so I wasn't getting laughs. I don't think that's true. <laughs> no, I, I ended up, I ended, I really like stand up, but I, yeah. I started to get to this point and I thought, I've got my priorities in life. I've got number one family, which right now is my wife. And I want to be able to make sure that I have enough time for her. So I've got her as priority number one. And I've got work, which kind of in, is enveloped in that because I want to make sure that she has a roof over her head and she has at least little Caesars. So just making sure she has some sort of substance. Maybe, maybe um, I don't know how much Pokemon Crunch costs, but I could probably yeah. fit that in her diet now. Yeah. Uh, if it's whole grain, maybe. But yeah, I end, I, that's, that's number one. So my nine to five, really important to me and I want to focus on that. Then after that, it's hobbies. And so... I had podcasting and I had stand-up. And I thought I could get really good at one of these right now, right now. But I don't know if I could give 100% to both of them. I, I enjoy both of them, but I feel like I can get really good at one. So I chose podcasting because I really liked it. I could do it from the comfort of my own home. I could also kind of choose the times that I was going to do it. Where it was like, if I was going to get good at comedy, it would be Friday nights, Saturday nights, Saturday nights are the main days. Yeah. And it's a real grind comedy. And I have a lot of respect for you and all the comedians that are out there. This is a much longer answer than maybe you anticipated. But no, for that it's reason, not. I ended up sticking with podcasting. And then a couple months later, coronavirus yeah. happened. And, and you made the right choice. <laughs> and I was like, man, I feel like... <laughs> yes, God or some Chinese guy that ate a bat showed me yeah. the sign. Yeah, or both. So. <laughs> yeah, or both. Yes, God yeah. works in mysterious ways and bats and Chinese. Exactly. Absolutely. So I ended up, yes, choosing that. So will I get back into stand-up? Maybe. I've done, I mean, some guests that I've had on, they've invited me to do guest spots and stuff like that. So I've come on and done that, but I don't know. Right now, I'm trying to stick to the podcasting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And a comedy advice podcast, how long ago did this start? Because essentially, it's a completely different show from what it was in the beginning. Yes. Uh, yeah, good afternoon. Somebody does their research. I'm like, you yeah. might. <laughs> so it started off, it had a completely different name. And it yeah. was called Hyperbroly, which is so dumb because nobody, it's a made up word. <laughs> it was a pun because we were brothers, but nobody could read it, write it, say it, understand it. So it was really bad for marketing. So then I went simple and did a comedy advice podcast. And at first it was just me and my two brothers. Now it's me and I usually bring on a guest, yeah. which I've been very lucky to be able to get some very nice guests and some guests that have had specials on Comedy Central or Netflix or HBO Max, or they, they have shows, TV shows. And, and it's really cool to be able to get these types of people on and be funny and silly with me. Some of them don't know what to expect. And so they get in there and they're like, we're doing what? But essentially what it is, is we talk a little bit about my guests and then we give really bad advice. And my fans, they deliver. They bring in the silliest questions for me to help answer with my guests. And we just get real silly about it. Sometimes 
the guest gets serious, they get to choose. It's their episode, so they do what they of want. Course. But for the most part, it's podcast light. It's not yeah, too caloric. I, I love it, man. I, I love listening to it just because I, I love listening to comedians. And I feel like we're all in like this weird family together. I don't know if you feel that way, but I've always felt that like any comedian, even if I personally might not find you funny, you're my brother or you're my sister because you're the only person in this room that has gone through exactly what I've gone through before, which is a bomb. And so you know how that feels. And so you're my brother or you're my sister. That's why I love listening to podcasts because it's like, you know, of course you get advice and you get and you you hear really cool things about how someone wrote something that you found was super funny or whatever the case. But sometimes it's just because you're, you're like, I want to support the people I love. Like, I want to support my family, you know, um, yeah. and and that's kind of the thing about podcasting that's cool yet like it could be kind of creepy i guess if it makes any sense because somebody said it perfectly and it's like if you were to see a movie star you're less likely to go up to that movie star because they're a movie star to you they're in this like untouchable kind of thing and then tv a little less so because now they're in your house you know and podcasts it's a different thing because they're inside of your body because you're listening to them. So like yes. these people are inside of you. And in this weird way, you develop this relationship where you feel like you might know someone and you've you've never actually met, which is like really weird. You know? And then depending on which hole you put them in, you it's- feel even closer. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. It took me 35 episodes of WTF to realize I should put headphones on my ears. Um, But but yes, you are completely right. (laughs) But yeah, man, I was going to ask you, what do you think for someone who has never listened to a comedy advice podcast? What do you think are the top three episodes that would just be like jump right in episodes? That that's a great question. I yeah. have so I have the, my own answer for you, but that's my opinion. So I want to hear your opinion first. <laughs> oh, I I okay. Yes, I'd love to hear yours after. I think for me, the top three episodes. Ooh, this is a toughie. I, I think Bobby Kelly was a really good one. That was if if people don't know Bobby Kelly or Robert Kelly, he was on. Netflix is the degenerates. He's got a bunch of specials. Hilarious, oh, really? hilarious comedian. He yeah, also has so You funny. Know What Dude podcast. Yeah. And I heard about uh, him a while back. He was opening for Dane Cook a while back. Oh, did, yeah. 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 They did the Torgasm tour together. Yeah. The really funny guy. And he shits all over me. So yeah. I apologize. I don't even know if I can curse on your podcast. You can say whatever you want. Oh, thank goodness. Because I was, okay, well, <laughs> I usually don't, I don't curse that much. But anyway, yeah, so neither Bob, do I, but I'm the same way, yeah. So Bobby, he he poops all over me. So that's a fun one if you want to hear that. <laughs> yeah. I think the one with Beth Stelling was yeah. also a really good one. She's, She's just such a great, humble person. Yeah. And we get down and, and and laugh about a bunch of stuff and a lot of nothing, a lot of good advice from her too because she's so talented. And she just had a special on HBO Max called Girl Daddy. Mm-hmm. And she talks a little bit about being a woman in, in stand-up and comedy. And yeah. she also wrote for, what was it called? Crashing. Crashing, yeah. Yeah, so that was a good episode. What else? There is one more episode. I can't yeah. believe I'm bombing on 
listing my top you're three not episodes. bombing it's it's totally fine oh god oh man the <laughs> pressure I can give you some ideas. My personal favorites. I loved Bobby Kelly. Beth was great. I loved Adam Ray and I loved Mark Normand. Um, oh, Mark. So yeah. Mark Normand was a really phenomenal one. I was very mm-hmm. happy with that episode. He's he always hilarious. he always has really, really great advice whenever he's he, I've ever heard him on any Whenever I've heard him on any like comedians talking comedy kind of podcast, he always has very astute thoughts on things. Yes. And of course, he's just a funny, silly guy at the same time. So I enjoy that as well. Oh, thank you so much. I thought that was a great episode. And that was one of the first episodes that I've done in a long time in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, M- Mark had already come down with the COVID. So mm-hmm. we ended up meeting in person and it was the dialogue was electric. I just felt I couldn't sleep that night. So at three in the morning, I ended up editing it and everything because I was like, is it as good as I remembered it? And it was. And I, mostly because of him. But, and then he also, fun fact, he also posted, because he's starting to post some of the podcasts that he does on his YouTube page. Yeah. And he put that on and I got scorched. I got a lot of comments talking about my laugh which is hilarious and my wavy hair and other things and so it was hilarious to see so some were a little sad but others were hilarious so that was that's that's crazy it's one of the things that is difficult for me when it comes to like whether I want to put this podcast on YouTube or not, because technically I can, you know, because yeah. I, I filmed the whole video and things like that. Um, but then it's just like, I just don't want to hear people's crap about whatever. And it's like, let me list all the things that I'm complaining about for this thing I paid absolutely no money for. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's just, what do I need you for in my life, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. I talked to Elise about this when she was on the last podcast, because she's on a, she she does a podcast for all things comedy, and, and all yeah. things comedy is like Bill Burr fans, and yeah. like, you know, all kinds of people like that. So they're coming in hot with their critiques, man. They don't care that you're, they don't care that you're a girl and all that stuff, which not to mention, a lot of them are like, you're a girl, you're clearly not funny, which is like <sighs> a horrible way to think, you know? Seriously. And so they're just like, they, they'll post this stuff. And I told her to her face, I was like, it pains me to see comments about people that I love because I read them and I'm like, I'm going to have to kill this person. Like, you know, like, because it's like, you're, you're saying something about my sister or you're saying something about my brother, you know, like, and, um, and so if I feel that way about you, imagine how much I would feel that way about me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I can be somewhat of a sensitive guy. Yeah, and so, me too. Especially where it's work that I work so hard at my podcast. So, yeah. and I'm sure you do the same. And so hearing yeah. criticism is just heartbreaking sometimes, especially from strangers that for whatever reason, they decide not to be nice. However... If you look, I think I'm on, I'm on a podcast called the Zach Lyman podcast and I talk mm-hmm. a little bit about it. And then you can also just go and look at the YouTube video on Mark Norman's page. But what I decided to do, I took a deep breath. I actually let it sit for the day, but I would respond. I'd go through and the, it's not like they were all bad. There were some great comments that were like, great yeah. job. I got some subscribers from it and everything. Then there were some, I would call them gray zone where it was mm-hmm. mean 
but it was funny. And so I would end up responding to those. And when I responded to those in a funny way, maybe making fun of myself a little more because they don't know me. They're there for Mark, whatever. So then they would laugh and then they would give either a nicer response. They would give a more sincere response. It was like, hey, good job. Or they'd give a response that was totally a different color from their first comment. And then the ones that were just really mean that broke my soul a little bit, I decided to ignore. Yeah. Whatever. And so it ended up being that way. And, and I feel like it helped a little bit, hopefully control the fire because the comment, the people, if you're going to leave a comment, you might look to see who's left the comment and if the person's responding or whatever. So to see my responses all over there, maybe they decided to be nicer or maybe they decided to be a little funnier instead of yeah. mean or whatever. So it ended up being an interesting experience for me because I've gotten feedback, but never that much feedback. I think it got... <laughs> 15,000 views as of last week. So it was... Man, that's crazy. And you you touched on something really great. And I know you talked about how you didn't want to do acting, but you were a voice actor. Are you still doing voice acting auditions and things like that? Oh, I wish, I wish I was, but I'm not. I'm not right now. No, that's totally fine. And Are you doing voice acting? I'm not uh, at the moment uh, just because I don't have a voiceover agent, but I do have an acting agent. And so through that, this is actually the point that I was going to make through that. I've been doing a lot more auditions through Zoom. And because everything's through Zoom, you audition for production companies in Los Angeles and New York. It doesn't really matter where you're from. And I've been lucky enough to get at least to the producer rounds of these like auditions. And the thing that I was going to say is that my main job is an actor. Like that's how I make majority of my money and things like that. And I feel like there is already so much judgment in my job. (laughs) I don't want to now attach (laughs) my podcast (laughs) to to be this thing that I'm also judged for. You know what I mean? So it's Fair. just like, come on, Fair. man. Like I literally get judged for a living, you know? And yeah. and that's the thing that a lot of people don't talk about is like, you know, and Donald Glover kind of talks about this in his standup in, in weirdo, but he's like, when you're an actor, you have to remind people that you know how to act. You have to audition. It's not like working at Kinko's where you fill out the application and then you can just move paper from here to here for 35 years. It's not like that. You do your job and then when your job's over, you have to wait. And sometimes you have to wait for five years before somebody lets you do your job again. Yeah. And it's the weirdest job but also at the same time i related a lot to sports because that's why the pay is so high the pay is so high because you're not going to be doing this forever it's clear that you're not going to be that's why athletes get paid so much because when you're in the nba you're not going to be as good as you were in your 20s when you're 35 years old you know like it's just not it's not going to work yeah. like that. So that's why yeah. in your 20s, we're paying you a million dollars. And if you're yeah. smart, you save it and, you know, what, exactly. whatever the case. But and they know that we're not going to. But <laughs> like, that's the thing about like, um, you know, a lot of a lot of performers are not smart with their money. At least I'm right. not, you know. Right. Anyway, all that to say the entertainment business has so much weird judgment in it. But 
it's good that we can talk about it together and like relate to it with each other yeah. because I've said it before, but it's just, it's always nice to know that you're not the only person. It's nice to know you're not alone. And I don't know if you've ever done this, but something that a friend of mine told me to do, he's like, if you ever feel bad about somebody critiquing you, Google your favorite album, like your favorite comedy album, your favorite music album and read the reviews. Because to you, it's perfect. And then you're going to start reading some people's thoughts and you're like, this guy's an idiot. Like, he doesn't think Chris Rock is funny. Who the hell is he? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like that, that kind of thing is so funny because I ended up doing the same thing almost by accident. But I was yeah. looking at Mark's podcast with Joe List. Tuesdays yeah. with stories and I mm -hmm. looked at the reviews and there were a bunch of bad ones that was like oh they're not funny or they're doing stop with the this or that and people were just pissed scathing one-star reviews and I was like man if people can't send them and there's there's yeah. there are haters all over the place of course which to that point I will say this Mike I think you have a great podcast I'm oh, honored thanks, to be on the podcast I hope you do end up posting on YouTube because I feel like the video content, there's there's such an audience there. And I feel like the biggest growth or the acceleration of growth, the rate mm -hmm. of growth that I've seen has been from my YouTube page. And I don't have that many subscribers and I don't have that many views, but each day I see organically and I'm not even promoting my YouTube page, except when we get to the plugs on this part of the podcast. But Of course, but, yeah. But um, no, but... I just see growth there. So whether you disable comments or whatever, I think you've got a great podcast. You're a great person. And I feel like that's a way that you can grow. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, forget the haters. Forget well, thanks, man. Forget that's, about it. that's extremely kind of you to say. I want to move on to the last couple of questions that I have for you here. And yes. there is no right or wrong answer for these questions. You can answer okay. them as vulnerably or comedically as you'd like. But I just love asking people these last two questions before I finish the podcast. And okay. the first question I'm going to ask you is what advice would you give to the child version of yourself? Oh, don't be so selfish. I feel like I, my 21st birthday, I ended up, I was living in Italy at the time. And I remember such a very, very Christian thing. I went to mass mm -hmm. because my, my relatives, my Italian relatives, they went as well. And so they took me, it was a Sunday or whatever. So I was going there and I was like, uh, and the priest said something crazy. He said something like, well, in Italian, he said, nessuno viene questo mondo per se stesso, which is go fuck yourselves. No, I'm kidding. Okay. It was like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it means no one comes to this earth just for themselves, yeah. which I've heard it said in other places too since then. But it's a really beautiful thing to think more than just yourself. And I feel like we get stressed out so much, myself included. And when I start to think in, in some meditations that I've also done, where it's like, oh, I'm angry at a person. Think about that person and think about their happiness. And I feel like that is something that is so undervalued, especially in our society. Yeah. And I feel like I was a selfish, selfish little prick. I was a yeah, selfish man. little Pikachu. And Aren't we all? You know, aren't we all, sadly, un unfortunately? Yeah. That's great advice, man. 
So the the final question is, what do you think the child version of yourself would think of who you are now? Would they Ooh. be proud of you? Would they think Ew. that you're cool? Maybe not cool, but I think they'd be proud of me. They'd yeah. be confused because I don't think the job, I do search engine optimization. So I don't think that was around when I was a kid. And so they'd be confused <laughs> about that. And then they also didn't, wouldn't know what podcasting is. But once they got that wrapped around their head, I think they would be proud of me because even though I look like a homeless man, I just bought a house with my wife and we worked so hard. We started off when we first started dating. Yeah. We ended up, cause I moved from New Jersey and she ended up following me cause she loves <laughs> me and she's, she's a bad bitch. That's awesome. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. That sounds offensive, but no, she was, that sounds a, right for that specific moment. Okay. Perfect. Right. Thank you. That's what I was feeling. <laughs> she, yeah. yeah. So she, we ended up living in a one bedroom apartment with my dad Whoa. and my little sister and we were on an air mattress with a hole in it part I mean, is there any other kind of air mattress no they, they, <laughs> they just go come with a hole in it <laughs> like, the way that they sell it is they're like 33 percent less holes so, yeah. <laughs> so it had a hole in it so we had to crank it up and turn it on every single night because it would deflate and our butts would sink to the bottom and we were like that for about a year. And we almost, I was $20,000 in, in debt, student loans, not with the mafia, which is a little yeah. better, better interest rate, but not by much. Yeah, but it's the same thing. Let's be Yeah, honest. practically the same. They're like, yo, this is uh, Tony from the, the college. This is Tony fund. from uh, economics. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, from <laughs> ASU. I'm here to break your legs. You haven't paid up. <laughs> Oh, wait, we ended up going from that to where we are now. And I am so proud of the person that I've become. Thanks to my wife, I think she is yeah. the most phenomenal person I've ever met. And uh, I was smart enough to be able to grab her. She still hasn't realized that she's way out of my league. And I'm super, <laughs> super appreciative of that. So that's yeah. so awesome, man. I love that so much. That struggle, dude. I, as soon as you were talking about that, I was like, man, that sounds like a TV show. That struggle. <laughs> but I love it. That struggle. And like nothing makes me happier also than than just like a good old romance story. Like just Aww. like like a dude being like, you know what, man, as much as I choke around, I would be nothing without this person. Dude. So <laughs> Yeah. She has allowed me to do this stuff too. Yeah. And we, I mean, when we moved, we, cause I got a job in New York city yeah. and we were like, we're going to live in New York city. And then we saw the prices of rent. And then we were like, we're not going to live in New York. Yeah. City. <laughs> we're so going to live like, in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. We're like, okay, maybe Hoboken. Nope. Yeah. Jersey city. Nope. Elizabeth, New Jersey. You look at yeah. the crime map in Elizabeth, New Jersey, and it looks yeah. like Elizabeth has smallpox. Yeah. It is horrible. There's a stabbing. Like, I got stabbed three times by the time I got to the train station. That was That's just hilarious. normal. I only know about Elizabeth, New Jersey, which this is very telling about who I am. I only know that it has a high crime rate because that's where my chemical romance is from. So, oh, I didn't yeah. know that. I knew they were from Jersey, but I didn't know it's from Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah. They literally talk about it in their documentary when they were growing up. They were like, we weren't allowed to go outside 
past yep. eight o'clock because at eight o'clock, like that's when like the bad things would happen. And he was like, you know, walking to school and stuff. It wasn't abnormal to look into the river and like see a body bag, you know, in in the in the water. Like, it's just nuts. But yeah, yeah that's how I found out uh, <laughs> Elizabeth damn. is not a fun place to live unless you like dying, you know. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah, it's a fun, if you like yeah, dying, fun that's all your dreams, baby. You know, yeah. but, <laughs> but but yeah, that's not a place where I want to be. <laughs> yeah. No, and my friends um, would joke because I, my hair was much different then. And I had yeah. the nice clean skin fade. And okay. so I knew some people that knew about Elizabeth and they were like, I'm pretty sure you haven't gotten mugged yet because people yeah. think you're an undercover cop. Oh, and I wow. was like, you're probably right. Because I walk there, I walked around with this very false sense of confidence. Like everything's good. I grew up in Cottonwood, Arizona, where we don't lock our car doors. And now I'm in Elizabeth, New Jersey, where... Uh, yeah, I might get stabbed today. So yeah, it was where it was Elena fun. was written. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so long and good night. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's great, Stefan. Thank you so much for doing this podcast, man. I had such a blast talking to you. Oh, likewise. And Mike, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. Are it's- you kidding? Oh, that's it's literally everything I like. Why wouldn't I listen to it? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's an honor and it just it tickles my heart to know that yeah, i was inside of you many times <laughs> yeah so man you. that's that's what i that's what i like so <laughs> where can people find you online promote away oh man so people can find me if you guys want to listen to a comedy advice podcast you can go to apple podcast spotify stitcher pandora now you can go to anywhere just type in google a comedy advice podcast and you'll find it if you want to follow me on my social twitter the handle is a comedy podcast but instagram which i'm really trying to grow right now a comedy advice podcast is the handle so go on there follow me and just loads of fun content there. I put the yeah. video portions. And then YouTube, if you want to go to my YouTube page and subscribe at a comedy advice podcast, go there and subscribe, like, leave good comments and or bad, whatever. I, I'm not judging. Just support me in whatever way, positive or negative, that you think is best. Yeah, of course. And for me, you can find me on Instagram at Mike Valdez, on Twitter at I am Mike Valdez. You can go to whoismikevaldez.com to find out the answer to that question. I, yeah. I was just going to say, sorry to ruin your ending and just hijack. No, you're I was going to say, it would be beautiful if it was like, you can find me at Twitter at I am Mike Valdez. You can find me at TikTok at are you Mike Valdez <laughs> on Instagram? We are Mike Valdez. <laughs> yes. Just an existential crisis as you're yeah. promoting all your stuff. But anyway, yeah, I'm sorry. That's, <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that was kind of the point of calling of why I called the website. Who is Mike Valdez? Because it's just like, until you're famous, people are like, Oh, who's that? You know? That's so, um, I love so that. yeah, it's called who is Mike Valdez. And then you find out the answer to that question. And also Beautiful. I bought the domain name. I am Mike Valdez. So it changes nice. on your browser. So, nice. um, yeah, it's all marketing, stupid stuff that nobody cares about, but, <laughs> but I think it's cool. So, I think it's bad. but yeah, anyway, 
Follow me on Instagram, on, on Twitter, whoismikefeldaz.com. And if you want, I have a TikTok now because Ooh. I need to be relevant to 12-year-olds. And my handle is at official Mike Valdez. There's comedy clips, music clips, and nice. all kinds of stuff that you will be able to find there. That is it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe. Tell all your friends so we can grow the family. Rate, review. Give us five stars. Say something nice in the comments and have a great week. Bye, besties. Pikachu. Pikachu. Oh, that was way better. God. That's that great. Was beautiful. <laughs> that was a Geek Bro podcast. For more podcasts like this one, visit geekbro.net.